Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I'm Campbell Klein, here with Andrew Lubliner, Tyler Fertel, and Dean McCollum. Today, we will be discussing the upcoming MLB postseason, NFL Week 3, and finishing it up with our shot clock segment. Okay, let's get started. First, we'll go through the AL. Does anyone have a team that they want to talk about first? So, I'll start here. I think that the most interesting team in the AL going into the playoffs is the New York Yankees. They recently got everyone back from injury, and they've been on a hot winning streak recently. Um, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton have been batting well. I think that if they can continue this into the playoffs, they are going to be a very tough team to beat because they were a leader going into the season. They were one of the front runners to win the World Series, and I think that, yeah, they might have a tough matchup in the first and second rounds, but I think they can definitely get it done. Yeah, Tyler, uh, I definitely agree with you there. I mean, I hope they can get it done. The, I mean, since the first two weeks, their team just hasn't been the same. They went on a, the middle of their seats, and they went on a huge losing streak, but they finally got some momentum back. They started getting some of their players back, but it's kind of hard to just throw everyone back in and expect them to play at their highest level of baseball. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see whether they actually show up or not in the postseason. Obviously, Yankee fans thought they would win the division, possibly be the number one seed in the AL, and currently they're sitting at the sixth seed. Um, so they're definitely going to have a tough first-round matchup, most likely on the road. Um, so it's going to be a tough matchup for them. And really, though, if you look at their roster, when their roster is fully healthy, they have probably one of the best lineups in baseball. They have Garrett Cole, who's one of the best pitchers in baseball. So they still have a chance to go deep in the playoffs if they play up to their potential. But I'm also going to talk about another team. I'm going to mention another team. Um, the Cleveland Indians. So I want to talk a little about the Indians because in the beginning of the season, they weren't really doing too well. And then all of a sudden they've caught fire. They just swept the White Sox. They won four in a row against the White Sox who were leading the division. And now it's the twins, but the Indians are still right behind them. And I think that the Indians could definitely present a problem for whoever they play in the first round, just because their hitting lineup is just ridiculous. And they have the best pitcher in baseball in Shane Bieber. So it's kind of an automatic win when he's on the mound. So I think the Indians are definitely a scary team that teams at the top of the AL might not want to face in the first round. Yeah, you're definitely right. I mean, they have Francisco Lindor, who's a great shortstop, and they also have a leading MVP candidate in Jose Ramirez. So I think, yeah, like you said, this AL is going to be very interesting uh, going into the playoffs. Yeah, as uh, Andrew was saying, Shane Bieber, when he's on the mound, it's pretty much an automatic win. Also, just to provide a little statistic for this, the Indians' team ARA is the second best in the league, only second to the Dodgers. They have a very solid start to their lineup with Nelson Cruz, as Tyler was saying. So they have the pieces, and we'll see if they can make it work. Um, Tyler, do you want to offer up another team to talk about? Yeah, like we were just talking about, another team. The team that the Indians did just sweep, but I think is also a very enticing team going into the playoffs, the Chicago White Sox. They have a very good player in Tim Anderson, and they also have Jose Abreu. They have a good starting pitcher, a rookie pitcher, and I think that, yeah, this team is also really good, and they could definitely make a run in the playoffs. They were recently the number one team in the AL, but they've dropped off a little bit, but I think that right now they're number one the series in their first round would be against the Indians because right now they are in the four seed playing against the five seed Indians right now. So you never know going into that and in the three game series is interesting because they just got swept by the Indians, but you never know what happens in the playoffs. Teams are always different in the playoffs. So, yeah. I agree with you, Tyler, but one thing I think that is a cause of concern for the uh, Chicago White Sox is that they're a very young team. Their best pitcher, Lucas Giolito, he's very young. Tim Anderson, he's also very young. No playoff experience. Um, 
Uh, Luis Ro- Robert, their outstanding rookie, he has no playoff experience. Eloy Jimenez, no playoff experience. Jose Abreu, he's a veteran, but also very little playoff experience. Um, they have Edwin Encarnacion, who was on the Yankees last year. He made a postseason run with them, and he's been uh, pretty good for the White Sox this year. So he's their most experienced player. But other than that, some of their stars haven't really been in the playoffs before. So it'll be exciting to see whether they show up like they did in the regular season. Um, another AL team that has really been good all year is the uh, Oakland A's. I think the A's are definitely a good team, but they lost Matt Chapman, who is pretty much their best player. He's probably the best fielding third baseman in the league. Some of the plays he makes are outstanding. And he's out for the season. So that could definitely hurt the A's, especially offensively and defensively. We'll see how the A's bounce back from that, even though they do have a very well-rounded team. But as of right now, they would play the Yankees in the first round, which definitely presents its challenges in terms of of a pitching standpoint. And I don't know if Tyler or Campbell, you guys want to talk more about the league leading Rays, but I mean, they just had a phenomenal season. If you want to expand on that a little bit. Uh, yeah, just fabulous pitching Two incredible starters that are pretty much automatic wins for that team. Solid offense, just a really well-rounded team all around. Tyler, you want to add to that? So yeah, like the, you were saying, they're a very well-rounded team. They're uh, leading a tough division. They have a good starting pitcher in Charlie Morton that I think can maybe lead them to a big run in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. This AL is going to be very, very interesting going to the playoffs because there are a lot of teams that could win the World Series. One thing I'd like to mention about the Rays is they are a very young team, but last year in the ALDS, they took the Houston Astros, who were sign-stealing at the time, to five games. And Tyler Glass now, who's also a very good young pitcher, is having a pretty good year, definitely a phenomenal second half to the season he got destroyed in that game five in that ALDS, but he thought that they were stealing his signs. He talked after the game saying that he thought the batters knew a pitch was coming. And now we know that they did know a pitch is coming. So I think the Rays, they have the best pitching staff. Charlie Warren has pitched well in the postseason when he was on the Astros a few years ago. And the Rays have the deepest and best bullpen in the league. And their offensive contributions come from one through nine in the order. It's not just one guy. Um, So they're just a really good all around team. And, uh, they have a ton of good pitchers on that roster, so it's tough to score runs against them. Before we move on to the NL, I'd like to talk about one last team, and that's the Houston Astros. And I was just wondering, Andrew and Tyler, how do you think their team is going to be able to perform with the loss of Justin Verlander? And none of their stars are really playing that well this year. Altuve wasn't awesome, and neither was Springer or Bregman. So do you think their veteran talent will be able to win them a series or two, or are they going to be bounced first or second round? I mean, like you said, Justin Verlander, their ace going into the year, is out for the rest of the year. Jarrett Cole left in free agency. They can't sign still anymore because they realized it was illegal and got caught for it. Um, But I just think that this team, this Astros team, doesn't have as much power and as much like ability to win series in the playoffs anymore. They're not as explosive. I think that they're right now the eight seed going into the playoffs. I mean, it could change. They could get to six or seven potentially before the season's, uh, the postseason starts, but you, we do not know. And if they stay at the eight seed, they will play the number one seed Rays in the first round. Same years, same thing as last year, just opposite roles. So, I mean, it's really like, I've said this a lot, but this year is really wide open. I mean, you never know. They could win that series because they've been really good in the postseason in the past and they've won a couple world series. So you never know. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Tyler. I think that, you know, 2020, it's definitely a very bizarre year. I think it's possible that the Astros could upset a team because they've been in the playoffs, I think, the last four or five seasons. I mean, Altuve is not having a great year, neither Springer or Bregman. The one guy I think that's having a good year is Carlos Correa. And if he can fire the other guys up in that dugout, they can. They have a great hitting lineup. Also, Yuli Gurriel and Jordan Alvarez. But Justin Verlander has led them to some playoff wins single-handedly. So I think his loss is huge, especially if they end up playing the Rays in the uh, first round. I think that'd be really tough for that hitting lineup because, as I said before, the Rays have the best pitching staff in um, all the MLB. So I think it'd be tough for them. But I think if Houston can end up playing a team like the A's, who they've played before this season because they're in the same division, or maybe the Twins, who just their pitching isn't as good, I think they have a better chance to – beat one of those teams yeah you talked about Jordan Alvarez but he's actually out for the year so that's definitely a blow to their lineup but um they still got a lot of good players that can swing the bat Alex Bregman Jose Altuve Carlos Correa yeah it's a good team Michael Brantley too so you never know they have a lot of star power but we'll see what they can do okay now we'll move on to the NL and uh for Tyler, I will propose the first team we talk about is the Padres. So, Tyler, you want to kick that off for us? Sure, I will kick this off for us. I mean, I've followed the Padres all season. I'm a big Padre fan. I think that, you know what, we went all in this year, or they went all in this year. I'm not going to sound too biased here. But um, they got a good lineup with Fernando Tatis, Trent Grisham, Manny Machado. Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis are both MVP candidates um, that we all – they also have Eric Cosmer, Will Myers, Jake Cronenworth, who's a Rookie of the Year candidate, and they've got new starting pitching in Mike Clevenger, who's a very good pitcher. Their bullpen has gotten better with trades with the Mariners, and they've got some new catchers uh, with Jason Castro and Austin Nolan trades from the Mariners and the Angels. So I think that they really bolstered up this lineup this year to make a playoff run. I think that right now they're at the four seed. They're basically locked in at the four seed. So if they can beat a team like the Cardinals in the first round, they will face a Dodgers team, which they have beat but also lost to this year. So I think that, yeah, that's a, that's a, if, they, if that second-round series goes to Dodgers' pause race, I think that is definitely the series to watch. I think uh, that would definitely be an interesting series. I'm hoping for that series, and I think it will happen. I think the Cardinals are definitely a good team, but I think the Padres are more talented, and they're just, they're just playing better. But I am excited to see what Tatis and all those young guys do in the playoffs. Another team I would like to bring up right now is the Atlanta Braves. They did not have a good start to their season. They were not winning the division at first. But in the second half, they've really come on. And now they're the second best team in the NL, second best record. And I mean, they have an MVP candidate in Freddie Freeman, who's having the best season of his career, batting like 340. And he's just a beast. And Ronald Acuna, he's always going to be good. And he's going to show up in the playoffs. And I think that the Braves, as a, as a whole team, as a unit, they might not be the best statistically, but they have playoff experience, and they've won in the playoffs before. And I think that they have a very favorable matchup in the first round, whether they play a team like the Reds or the Marlins or the Giants. I think that that should be an easy series for the Braves, no matter who it is. Uh, yeah, really quickly to say something about the Braves. As Andrew was saying, their team – wasn't super clicking this year. Ronald Acuna Jr. was supposed to be playing at an MVP level, and I'd say he was he fell short of that, but I think we can still expect him to show up in the playoffs. Also, none of the Braves' stat categories are really 
wowing to me. I was looking at them last night. They don't have a great team ARA. They don't have a great team batting average. They're not really outstanding anywhere, but they just have a really solid lineup and they find ways to win games. Like in, in those tight games, they're finding ways to win, which is really important for playoff baseball. Um, Andrew, you were saying you wanted to talk about another team in the NL? Yeah, I'd like to bring up the uh, NL Central winner. So the Chicago Cubs, I mean, they have one of the best top halves of their lineup. I mean, guys like Javi Baez and um, Nico Honer and Ian Happ, those guys have been having great seasons. And they, the Cubs have been to the playoffs uh, in recent years. And also the Cubs have great pitching. Hugh Darvish is having the best year of his career. Uh, he's bounced back on the Cubs. He's had a Cy Young. I mean, I don't think he'll win Cy Young, but he's definitely had a Cy Young performance in terms of uh, some of his starts this year. Also, Kyle Hendricks has pitched really well for them. And the Cubs, they do have a good bullpen, but some of those guys I know have gone injured, so that might affect them in the playoffs. And uh, a couple guys in the end of their lineup aren't too good statistically. Uh, It's really their top half that produces all the runs. So I don't know how far that lineup will take them. But again, just like the Braves, I think they have a very favorable matchup because the bottom three teams in the NL, I don't think are threats at all. The Giants, no postseason experience. Their pitching is not very good. Uh, they've had some other guys step up, but I think they're an easy sweep for whoever plays them. When it comes to the Reds, the Reds have a little more experience, a little more talent. Uh, they have Trevor Bauer, who might win NL Cy Young, but I don't think the Reds just have a team are good enough. And then in terms of the Marlins, they just have no experience. They're playing with a bunch of backups, and their team's just not a full, complete team. So I think that those top three seeds should all advance in the first round. I think they all have very easy and favorable matchups. Yeah, like you're saying, I mean, the Cubs. And you forgot two of the best infielders at their positions in Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. So, yeah, that that top half of their order is really good. They're batting lineup overall is really good and their pitching's not bad either. So I think, yeah, they, they can be good in the playoffs too. Um, like you were saying, the Giants at the bottom, they're at the eight seed right now. If they, if this holds, they would play the Dodgers in the first round. The Giants in a series earlier this year, kind of recently beat the Dodgers two to one. So I think that you never know. Okay. We all know the Dodgers. I mean, best record in the league by a wide margin. They're really good. Tough team for any team playing at their best to beat. And so, yeah, I mean, maybe if the Giants can go on a little hot streak and maybe win, find a way to win two out of those three games in the first round, they can maybe get it done. But I think we should talk about them Dodgers. Corey Seager, Justin Turner, uh, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller. I mean, that team overall, I mean, they're just stacked. Yeah, Tyler's really stealing my fun announcing the Dodgers myself being a Dodgers fan, but I have a question for you guys. Well, first I'll say something really quickly. The Dodgers, it's their eighth straight season winning the NL West. They're the, they have the best roster on paper. They have the best roster statistically. They're playing like the best team in baseball, but they've failed to get it done these past four years. Do you guys think they'll be able to get it done this year or not? I think that this actually might be the year for the Dodgers. Uh, I am not saying 100% they're going to win the World Series, but I think that with the addition of Mookie Betts being an MVP caliber player, a top five position player, most likely, if you add that to a team that's already capable of making it to the World Series in 2017 and 2018, they made the World Series. Some people say they should have won in 2017 because of the Astros sign stealing. 
But I think adding Mookie Betts to that team, it's it's just insane. And we're seeing it right now. They have the best record in baseball there. They are by far the best team statistically. They look like the best team. The only Achilles heel for the Dodgers in recent years has been their bullpen. Closing out games, closing out postseason games is tough for any team. And the Dodgers, they've blown a ton of games, whether it's been bringing in starters like Clay Gersh at the end of the game or just their regular relievers. I mean, Kenley Jansen is not who he used to be a few years ago. He's definitely regressed. He's definitely a very good closer still, but he's not as dominant as he once was. So I feel like if the Dodgers lose, it's going to be because of that because that lineup can put up a ton of runs quickly. So I think it's the best lineup in baseball. I think the only reason why they don't win the World Series is if their bullpen doesn't pitch well. Yeah, I agree with you, Andrew. I think that their toughest matchup through the whole post series. I mean, it's you guys are going to accuse me of being biased, but I think that their toughest series in this postseason is going to be second round against the Padres if it ends up there. I think that against a good Padres lineup that that have a lot of great hitters, like you said, their bullpen is going to need to be good to contain that Padres team. I mean, Kenley Jansen and Blake Trenton are going to need to pitch well. And yeah, I mean, it's just you want to win World Series, you you got to pitch well at the end of the game. Year in and year out, the thing that has won World Series has been pitching and defense because runs are almost a minimum now in the MLB with the amount of home run hitters and just powerful hitters. So defense and pitching have, in recent years, been the most important thing. If you look at the Nationals last year, they did not have the best lineup in baseball, but they had clutch hits and they had timely hitting and they had the best pitching staff in all of baseball. And that's why they won the World Series. So I think that the Dodgers, they may have the best lineup, but if if their pitchers don't pitch well, then they can't win a World Series. Okay, uh, Dean, I know you're probably getting a little bit bored over there, so we're going to move on to NFL Week 3. Would you like to start us off talking about Sunday Night Football, your Green Bay Packers versus the New Orleans Saints, and how you think that game is going to work out? Yeah, uh, it's my first time talking to this podcast. What's up, everyone? Um, Now, going about the Sunday game, the Packers versus the Saints in New Orleans, um, that's going to be an important factor in this game that the game is in New Orleans. I know there are no fans in most stadiums, but still, it's going to be a factor, especially uh, I'm pretty sure the Superdome's an inside arena, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But the thing I'm worried about as a Packers fan is that uh, during online school today, I got a notification on my phone that our best wide receiver, Devontae Adams, he's had a great start to the season. Everyone knows that if you've been keeping up with football, that he is now doubtful for this game. And I think that if Devontae Adams doesn't play this game, which is very likely, it's going to be extremely hard for the Packers to get into the end zone. And uh, without Devontae Adams, which is probably going to be the case, Aaron Jones is definitely going to have to step it up. The Packers receivers like Alan Lazard, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, all of those guys are going to have to step it up. Now, uh, talking about the Saints, obviously Michael Thomas, he's still questionable for the game. Uh, we're still yet to see uh, what's the deal with him and whether he'll play or not. But uh, if Michael Thomas doesn't play, then I'll feel a little more better about this game. But right now, I'm not feeling too good from a Packers standpoint. Any of you guys want to talk about the game a little? Tyler? Yeah, like you were saying, both teams, star wide receivers and Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas are unlikely to play. So I think that it's going to be an all-out offensive battle. And I think that it's going to come down to who is a better game on the offensive end, Alvin Kamara or Aaron Jones. Because as we saw last week, Aaron Jones had a monster of a game. He put up, if you play fantasy, you know this, but he put up 45 fantasy points in PPR. And I mean, for any team, that's insane. And then Alvin Kamara put up 38 in PPR, too. So they both they were the top two scoring running backs last week in fantasy. They 
the Saints actually lost despite Alvin Kamara's monster game. But Aaron Jones's uh, monster game was able to bring the Packers team to a comeback win against the Lions. So I think that, yeah, it's really interesting. Drew Brees needs to throw the ball well, especially without Michael Thomas. He can't just throw five-yard slants anymore. And uh, Aaron Rodgers can sling the ball. So I think that he has to find his wide receivers and Mark Casvalding, Scantling, and Adam Lazard. And, yeah, I think he has to play well. And that, I th- in my perspective, I think that Saints defense is better than that Packers. So I think that the Packers defense might need to do a little more than the Saints might need to do. So, yeah. But then again, um, I do think this game, like you said, it's going to be very offensive. Uh, rely, uh, it's going to be an offensive-minded game for both teams. And the key for either team to win this game, in my opinion, is who's going to have the better game, Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees? Drew Brees, as we saw, did not have a good game at all Monday night versus the Las Vegas Raiders, who I predicted who wouldn't even have that good of a record this season. So it'll be a super interesting game. I'm super excited. I'm sure all of us are. So, yeah, uh, do you guys want to talk about more of the games that are coming up this weekend? Well, um, America's Game of the Week on Fox this Sunday is between the Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. And I think that's going to be an interesting matchup because two of the best offensives, offenses in the NFL going head-to-head so far, the Cowboys are 1-1 one and one and the Seahawks are 2-0. and oh. uh, Both defenses for both teams have definitely had their struggles, and both offenses have been insane. Russell Wilson's playing like he's the best QB in the league um he's having an mvp caliber season Dak has played well so far too for the cowboys so i think i think it's going to be a relatively close game i would give the seahawks the edge just because i think that right now russell wilson's playing like the best quarterback uh in the nfl and i think that might give the seahawks a slight edge but the cowboys can put up a ton of points and i saw something uh i saw something on espn today there was a reporter that said that the um the pressure the Seahawks put on the on Dak Prescott is slower than a motel shower faucet, which I think you guys all know what that means. Those motel shower pressures, there is zero pressure whatsoever on that. And the Seahawks losing Javon Clowney and losing Bruce uh, Irvin out for the year with the torn ACL, they're they're gonna have no pressure. So if Dak's gonna be able to sit back all day, they're gonna be able to match Seattle's points. I think it's just about the Cowboys' defense if they can slow up Russell Wilson and that offense especially with those wide receivers i do agree with you andrew that the seahawks pass rush is super 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 weak one of the weakest in the nfl especially after losing jadavian Clowney. but the thing is that doesn't put the cowboys uh that doesn't give me to give the cowboys to win over the seahawks first of all it's in seattle as we know seattle is one of the hardest plays notoriously to play in the nfl and like you said russell wilson is just having an incredible season uh, I predicted Seahawks as my number one team coming out of the NFC, and they're playing like they can be that number one team coming out of the NFC this season, especially with their weakened division now that there are so many injuries with uh, uh, division contenders like the 49ers who have lost a bunch of players. So I, I still have the Seahawks winning this game, but the Cowboys definitely are capable of putting up a good fight. Yeah, before the season, I said that Russell Wilson was going to be the MVP this season. And if you go back and listen a couple podcasts ago, you will hear that. So, I mean, he is the leading candidate for MVP after two weeks. I think Russell Wilson can lead this team to another one. I think they will end up after week three, three, and oh, I think that the Seahawks team, the Seahawks offense is too much for that Cowboys defense. I think that Seahawks defense can do enough against Dak Prescott and that Cowboys defense to stop them. 
And I'm actually going to go with my game of the week, the Chargers versus the Panthers. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm a big Charge fan, but I'm not going to say that. But I'm going to push it. We're going to go to the Monday night football game. Chiefs-Ravens game of the week, not the America's game of the week, the actual game of the week. And these are two of the best teams in the AFC. I just, I mean, there's not much to say. It's Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Yeah, especially coming from not the biggest football fan in the world, me. Even I'm looking forward to this Kansas City-Baltimore game. Patrick Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson are two of the most fun players to watch in the NFL. Hopefully it'll be just an absolute shootout. It's going to be a lot of fun. Two best teams, two best teams in the AFC for sure. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun to watch this on Monday night. I'm going to be sure to have my homework out of the way. I'll tell you that much. Well, it is a no homework weekend for us after all. Anyways, um, I think uh, since there's such a good game on uh, on Monday night football, uh, the Baltimore Ravens led by Lamar Jackson and obviously the defending Super Bowl champions, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs led by Patrick Mahomes, I think we should all put in our predictions right now Who's going to win, and what will the score be? So you guys can start off. I can go last. So whoever unmutes first can go. Um, I'll start here. I'm going to go Ravens over the Chiefs, 34-31. I think that Lamar Jackson can do enough to beat this Chiefs team. The Chiefs did not look too great against the Chargers last week. The, Chargers, the Chargers almost beat them in OT. So I think that if the Chiefs defense cannot contain Lamar Jackson – I think that that Ravens defense can contain Patrick Mahomes just enough to get the Ravens to win. I'm going to disagree with you, Tyler, but I think I'm going to predict the Chiefs to win in a very high-scoring game, but I think any team could win, really, because it's the two best quarterbacks in the AFC right now. It's the two best offenses in the AFC. I think that the deciding factor is going to be the defenses. So far this year, I think the Ravens defense has been more effective than the Chiefs defense, so maybe that gives them an edge. But I think uh, the way Patrick Mahomes plays in the fourth quarter, also I saw a stat the other day that he's like 25-0 and 0 in September. So it's still September. So I don't, know, I don't know if Lamar Jackson will be able to beat the record. I know it's kind of a corny statistic right there, but Patrick Mahomes, he's, he's going to be the face of the NFL. And he, I know Lamar Jackson is good too, but I think Patrick Mahomes has had a little more winning success. However, I will point out that the Ravens defense is definitely better than the Chiefs defense. So that might have a bigger impact. Um, I'm going to agree with you, Andrew. I'm going to go with the Chiefs in a high-scoring game. Um, I do think that the Chiefs will see a hard-to-say new and improved from last year's Lamar MVP season, but I think he will be new and improved against the Chiefs this time. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game, a really fun game to watch, but I'm going to have the Chiefs coming out on top. Even though I'm pretty sure the Ravens are favored by three or four points, I think Patrick Mahomes, a lot of experience, a lot of big game experience, playing at a super high level, coming off a pretty poor game against the uh, against Tyler's Chargers. I think he's really going to want to perform here, and I think he's going to pull it off. So for my Monday night football prediction, I'm going to agree with Tyler. I'm going to have the Baltimore Ravens taking down the Chiefs. You guys said it's going to be a shootout. I also think it's going to be a shootout. I have the Ravens winning 28-24. to 24. It's not as high scoring as some of you guys might have put it, but I think that Baltimore's uh, had the least amount of points allowed on them. They totally destroyed both teams he played in the first two weeks. I think Lamar Jackson is still red hot coming off those two weeks. Even though he hasn't played as well as uh, he, he was last year, I'm still going to give it to the Ravens only because they have a defensive edge in my opinion. So yeah, it's going to be a super exciting week of football. We got three really, really, really good matchups. Cowboys, Seahawks. Packers Saints and then to finish it off on Monday night we have the Chiefs versus the Ravens so it's going to be a super exciting week 
Okay, that's going to do it for today's main segment. Now we're going to move on to the 24-second shot clock segment, our final segment of the day. You all know how it works. Today's segment is going to be next year in the NBA, who will be a first-time All-Star? 24 seconds on the clock, Tyler, starting now. So I'm going to go with a first-time All-Star of Jamal Murray. I think that he has played very well in this postseason. He played really well in this regular season, too. He's in a Nuggets offense that he can handle with Nikola Jokic right next to him, setting screens and getting him assists. So I think that he really has the opportunity to shine next year with a lot of confidence. And I think that he's really showed out in this bubble, making a name for himself and showing that he can be one of the best point guards in the NBA. Now we're going to move on to Dean. Who will be your first-time All-Star next year? 24 seconds on the clock, starting now. So I agree with Tyler. Obviously, Jamal Murray is a great choice. But I'm going to go with the Chicago Bulls' very own Zach Levine. Zach Levine just put up in his uh, career-best season. Led, uh, he had the best-scoring season of his entire career. And now that the Bulls have a new system under head coach Billy Donovan, who just got the recent signing, he's going to up his defense so much because he's a defensive-minded coach coach and uh, he has that running gun offense and Zach Levine thrives perfectly in that so I think he's gonna have an even better season so he should be an all-star next season uh hard hard to go wrong with Zach Levine now we'll move on to Andrew 24 seconds on the clock starting now so I think that the rookie of the year John Morant is going to be a first-time all-star next season the way he led the Grizzlies to almost making the playoffs this year was truly phenomenal and I think that he's just going to keep getting better and in that system where he's the best player on the team and he's the franchise player, he just controls the tempo of the game and his skill is just unreal. And I think that he definitely has the talent. And if he can continue to make three-point shots, then he's going to be an all-star. Once again, hard to go wrong with John Morant. Now, uh, Dean, you're going to time me? Yeah, so Campbell, you have 24 seconds to tell us who you think is going to be a first-time all-star next season. Campbell, 24 seconds on the clock starting now. So I'm going to take the bailout route and go with Zion Williamson. So as we all know, Zion is an incredible talent. He was unable to stay healthy this year, but a lot of people still thought he was a top five rookie, and some might even have voted him second in rookie of the year voting. He's really explosive. If he can, if he can stay healthy and make plays next year for uh, the Pelicans team, which is going to be on the edge of the playoffs, he could really have a chance at getting this award. And that's all for today's episode. Follow us on Twitter at ATBuzzerPodcast and the platform you're listening on today to make sure you never miss an episode. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week.